You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Heather Duplessy Allen. Paul some HSBC's chief economist is with us right now. Hey, Paul. G'day. Paul, you've written a really interesting um, opinion piece for the Australian Financial Review in which you ask, when is a recession not a recession? Do you think that we have defined a recession too loosely? Uh, I, this is a big question because uh, economists think about recessions in different ways, as I pointed out in the article, and I guess that's what I'm trying to draw attention to. You know, the typical definition, the one that we use as a standard rule of thumb, is two consecutive quarters of GDP contracting, falling, and and, and you might call out a technical recession, and that's what New Zealand's tipped into. You had two consecutive quarters of GDP falling, but this has happened in New Zealand, for example, at a time when employment growth is really strong. I mean, we found out that the second quarter employment print last week was running at 4% year on year. I mean, and very strong even in the quarter. There's a lot of job creation still going on. And so even just that example tells you that, is it really a recession if there's a lot of job creation still going on? Uh, you know, it, and, and that's a valid question. So, um, you know, there are lots of ways to think about whether an economy's tipped into a recession or not. We don't have a precise definition of what we actually think is an overall recession. And there's another sidebar that's interesting. In the US, they have a committee uh, mm. The National Bureau of Economic Research has a committee that sits down, a whole bunch of academic economists, and looks at the data on a regular basis and determines whether that economy is in a recession or not. And it doesn't just look at GDP. It looks at a whole range of things. So it's, it's quite, you know, it, it is a debate to be had as to whether actually New Zealand is in a recession right now. I think that's a fair question to ask at least. Would a better way of, of measuring it be just to measure it per person? Well, so that's one other another option. I talk about that in the article. Uh, thanks for the hint there. Um, but you know, the uh, on, a, on a you know a per capita basis. So you take GDP and you take it per person. And you say, look, is the economy actually going backwards on a per person basis? And that might be a reasonable way to think about living standards because when we think about it, if it's being if your growth is being driven by more people coming into the economy, it doesn't mean your conditions are necessarily getting better on an individual basis. So that's another way to think about it. Per capita GDP might be a way to think measure whether an economy is in a downturn or not. But it's not normally how we think about the cycle in the economy, because if we have got more population growth, then we do need to build more infrastructure, and we do need more housing, and we do need more services and so on. So, it, you know, there are, again, lots of different ways to think about this. Recessions are typically about whether you're in a cyclical downturn, whether the economy's in a downturn in its cycle or not. I think when I, when I really come to the bottom line, I think you've got to take into account not just GDP, but also what's happening in the jobs market. It, you have to do that. If, if the unemployment rate is rising sharply, significantly, a lot, then that is what you'd call a recession. That's damaging. But if it's not rising that much, it's only lifted a bit, even if GDP is falling, it's not as clear that you're actually in a recession. You might be in a technical one, but there's a debate to be had, as I said. Paul, we're going to get some data out of China this week that's going to show what happened to their CPI. And some people are picking, actually, it's going to show deflation. What do you think? Well, that's the forecast that we've got as well, that it will show that the economy tipped into deflation, as in um, year on year, the inflation print will be a negative print. That's the forecast that the team have, have as well. And, and it does put New, uh, China in a very different position to what we're seeing in the Western countries, in New Zealand, Australia, in the US, um, in Europe, the UK, where inflation is the problem, really high inflation. So, and, and we've needed to try and bring it down. And, and so what it tells you, I think, is 
in the Western countries, we've had a really big spring back in our economies as we've reopened after the pandemic, and demand has been very strong, partly because we got all this fiscal support that was delivered. Governments gave huge handouts. There was big support provided, low interest rates. Demand picked up, but the supply side of our economies has been heavily constrained. We just haven't had enough workers. We haven't had enough manufactured goods. We've had a lot. So that's lifted inflation. In China, the economy was very suppressed for quite some time. Mm. They reopened it. Um, they reopened it, but actually they didn't get a really big spring back in demand. Which is and demand hugely, is still I mean, relatively is, weak. Yeah, and this is extremely worrying to those of us who export to them and rely on their dollar. So how long do you think, Paul, this is going to go on for? Yeah, so, so one option here is is that it could be worrisome. You know, weaker demand in China means less market for things that we sell into that market. But there is another option here, and that is that, you know, low inflation in China is something that means that they've got an excess of supply. They've got more manufactured goods than it. They've got excess supply. And they'll be selling those into the global system. And so that might put downward pressure on inflation in other places across the world. So we're looking for disinflation in the rest of the world. We want inflation to come down. Yeah. If that supply comes out of China right now and the disinflation comes from there, that's not such a bad story for the Western countries. But it does come with a cost, as you say. It might mean less demand for the things we sell into those markets. So there is a two, two sides to this as well uh, that we need to keep in mind. When does it turn around? Look, the Chinese authorities are starting to pull the levers gradually. Um, they're, lifting, they're, they're providing policy support for the domestic economy. But I think that the message is we're not going to get the same sort of big bang, you know, lever pulling that we've seen from China in the past. Like, say, for example, we saw back in 2009 after the global financial. They just aren't going to do it that same sort of way. It's going to be more incremental and it's going to be more targeted. Paul, thanks for talking us through that. appreciate your expertise. Paul Bloxham, HSBC's Chief Economist. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.